All right, so if you're listening to episode three of the Canada Club, I have some really exciting news for everybody. You are going to be the only people that get to hear Canada's Pinball Podcast right now. And I am not going to do any shows outside the paywall. And I want to explain why I'm doing this and why I feel strongly about this. Because you know what? Canada is a human being. And Canada is tired of all the haters, all the losers out there, all the cowards, all the keyboard commandos out there that want to talk smack about Canada. And I'm telling you right now, these gentlemen, you know who they are. You see them on Pinside, on my Facebook page. They have other podcasts. Let me tell you, let me tell you the truth about all these people. They couldn't keep you entertained for three seconds. And yet they're all so high and mighty. They all love to barge into Canada's Pinball Podcast Facebook page. They all love to go on the pin side and talk all sorts of smack about Canada. So here's what we're going to do. Canada is going to give Canada to the Canada fans. And you deserve to have these shows. And they don't. And I'm tired of doing the shows for free for everybody to critique to insult and to say what they will about me because they're all a bunch of cowards. They know that. I know that. And you know that. And so for contributing to Canada's Pinball Podcast, you now are the only ones who will get Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I really don't care. I really don't care because at the end of the day, what's exciting to me is doing a show for those who contribute and those who give back to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Everybody else can go punch sand. Everybody else can go try to figure out what's happening over at JJP. I mean, this has been a long time coming. And I tell this to Brenda all the time. I'm like, why do I do this? 588 podcasts about pinball. 588 shows about pinball. And behind every single show, it's hours of reading Pinside. It's hours of letting that toxic information into my brain to do a show to entertain the pinball world. To win four Twippies in a row, the best pinball podcast on the planet. Ain't no other pinball podcast even close. Look at the votes, people. Look at the votes. Three times the amount of votes as the second place show. And look at the effort they put into it. So much so that the Super Awesome Pinball Show basically quit when they realized they weren't going to win the Twippy. And I do miss that show because that show actually brought us news and information. Now it's just the same old circle jerk. And you see it happening. The same old circle jerk of everybody just congratulating everybody. Everybody being a special guest on their own network shows. Special guest on my own network. And you get tired of it and you see through it. You see how thinly veiled it all really is. That these are just friends of the people who make these games. These are just friends of people who sell you games. The whole thing is designed to drive everybody to a single distributor to buy product. And it's so thinly veiled, everybody sees through it. Nobody tells you how they really feel about the games. Nobody tells you how they really feel about the companies. Nobody tells you anything that's actually real. And then I come out and I try to give you exactly how I feel about this stuff with no strings attached. No strings attached, no agenda, no friends to lose because I don't care about these pinball companies. Because I don't care to lose friends over at these pinball companies. I just want to tell you how I really feel about the product. And if a pinball company is having issues, I don't want to let up on it. I don't want to give them a pass. And I'll tell you, I, I got to be completely honest. And because this is behind the paywall, I really don't care anymore. 
the response I've gotten from Jersey Jack Pinball has made me fall out of love with pinball. And my enthusiasm for this hobby has gone from 100 to zero because the second largest pinball company in the world who made the most amazing masterpiece that I was so excited to get has basically treated me like I am some enemy, like I am some villain to their organization. And you know what it feels like when they do that? When they turn to you and say, stop attacking us. You're the bad guy because you demand quality from this company. You know what it feels like? It's like I don't even care anymore. Like why would I want to invest money in a company that treats its customers like that? I get unfriended. I mean this, unfriended by Ken Cromwell. He unfriends me on Facebook. Unfriends me. They block my ability to comment on Jersey Jack Pinball's Facebook page. And I'm supposed to just put the mic on and cheerlead these companies and these people? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I highly implore you to invest your money in companies that you believe in. And for me right now, Jersey Jack Pinball has basically ruined my enjoyment of pinball because the way they've responded to me. And I was so excited about this game. I was so excited to get it. And now I feel like I don't even care anymore. I just want to get rid of it. I just want to sell it. I want to make money back on it and I don't even want to play it because the company that made it has treated me like I'm a villain, like I'm the enemy. And I have the text messages and I have the correspondence between them and me to prove it. What they think of me, Canada's Pinball Podcast, the number one pinball podcast in the world who got more people excited about Guns N' Roses than anybody else. And I did them a solid. I never leaked the photos of the game. I never screwed over their big reveal moment. And the way they pay me back is by saying to me, as a customer of their product that knows he's going to have quality control issues, the payback I get from Jersey Jack Pinball is to just punch sand. The payback I get, the payback I get is to tell me that I'm an enemy of their state that I'm driving angry consumers to their door and to please stop attacking them. That's what they told me. Please stop attacking us. Attacking you, all I'm doing is covering the quality issues of your very product. That's not an attack, my friends. That's not an attack. It's simply me as a buyer wanting to get something that is of quality for $12,500 of my hard-earned money. $12,500 is more than most Americans have in savings. And I shouldn't feel bad that I demand quality. But that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Canadian Pinball Podcast, I'm the bad guy. I once again am the bad, negative guy that won't let up on this. While every other show out there will do interviews with people and they'll tell you to buy, buy, buy. So here's the deal, here's the deal. Pinball right now is in a crazy spot. It's in a crazy spot. Prices are crazy. People are spending stupid amounts of money on games. I just saw that a Medieval Madness Royal Edition sold for $18,500. The game was $10,000 a year ago. 85% increase in price on a Medieval Madness Royal Edition. 85%. Talk about inflation. Tron LE sold for 25 
$1,000. And so here we are, pinball. And I've been thinking about this a lot. You got to think about what does pinball mean to me? And I mean this. These games to me, well, looking at these prices, looking at these rich people throw money at this stuff like it's water, it's made me fall out of love with pinball. Why would you be excited about pinball when prices are at this level? Why? When you could have got a Lord of the Rings from Stern Pinball, fully featured, no LEs, premiums, or pros, just Lord of the Rings. They made the best pinball machine they could make. They put everything in it, and they didn't delve into the whole collector market. It was 3700 bucks. Has everybody forgotten that? What you could get for 3700 bucks. And now people are spending $14,000 on Mandalorian LEs. And look at the Mandalorian next to Lord of the Rings. It has hardly anything in comparison. Hardly anything. Lord of the Rings is a far better pinball machine. It has way more mechanisms and creativity and imagination. And it came out in 2004, people. So 17 years ago, Stern put more into their machines than they do today. And we're supposed to be excited. And we're supposed to spend three to four to five times as much money on these games. And Canada's supposed to shut up, be happy, and do a podcast for everybody. Why would I do that? Why would I stop thinking critically about this industry? That's what got me four Twippies. That's what got me 3,000 people to listen to every show. And accepting this now is the new pinball. The new pinball is we are going to accept less for more. And we're supposed to be excited about that. And that the only changes they're making to these games to make them more valuable is the artwork, the armor, the back glass. Nothing on the playfield itself is what they're touching to make the games worth more money. And I look at a game like Mandalorian and I look at the lack of creativity in it. And it just makes me be like, why are we all still supporting this? You have a game about Star Wars people. You have a game about a baby Yoda that can use force powers to grab stuff and move stuff. And then you look at how Stern Pinball implements baby Yoda into the pinball machine and there's no outcry. There's nothing, there's nothing but cheerleaders everywhere to be seen. And I'm here to tell you right now that Brian Eddy's Mandalorian is a joke. It is a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Look at how little creativity is in that pinball machine. Where is the magic? Where is the magic? And I'm tired of all the apologists. I don't want to do a pinball podcast no more if I have to just cheerlead this stuff. And you see it. People are like, I'm not going to listen to your show no more, Canada, because you're so negative. Why should I be positive? about taking a franchise like The Mandalorian and you can't even implement force powers using magnets in a creative way and I'm supposed to get excited. I'll tell you, I'm going to be completely honest. Mandalorian LEs are flipping for thirteen dollars to $14,000. If you don't flip your Mando right now, you're silly. You're silly. $9,200 for that game and you could get thirteen dollars to $14,000 for it. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor, sell it. 
sell it today, make four to five thousand dollars on a machine that doesn't even have any real magic on the play field. And you know it, and you know it, and I know it, and they don't want to hear it. And now you get to hear it, all right? You're sitting in your car right now, you're sitting in your home, and you're like, you're only going to be one of like a hundred people who hear this podcast. And that's amazing to me because I don't even care. You know, it's like Atlas Shrugged. One day, all the talented people of the world will just leave. They'll just shrug their shoulders, give up, and depart the world. And that's what's happening with Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm just departing the pinball world that everybody knows, the community out there, and now you get to enjoy it. You get to fly the plane. And if you've never read Atlas Shrugged, it's an amazing book, but you get to fly the plane and you get to visit Canada land. And you get to enjoy this show now. Nobody else gets to enjoy it. And all the cowards on Pinside that complain about me that listen to every show, now they don't get to listen to every show. Now they don't get to have something to hate. Now they have to go just join the network, listen to all the cheerleading, listen to all the pinball people that support everything pinball. How exciting is that? How entertaining is that? I'm glad you're here because... After doing 588 shows, you're one of the very few people who actually contributed to Canada's Pinball Podcast who said, you know what? I'm going to kick this dude a few dimes because he does a lot of work and he gives me so much entertainment on a weekly basis and I'm going to support him. And out of 3,000 listeners, I think the last I checked, I had maybe... Maybe 70 people who contributed to the show. Maybe 75 out of 3,000 people. And that's the world today. Everybody feels entitled to something. But nobody wants to give back. So you get it. You contributed to the show. And that is why I love each and every one of you. Because you get it. You get the way the world works. You get the way the world works. You understand the way the world is supposed to work. And that is something that I want to reward. I'm tired of all the other phonies out there that are all living their lives with the motto, do as I say, not as I do. And we know who they are. Do as I say, not as I do. And they would never be able to do this. They would never be able to talk about pinball. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening in pinball. So let's talk about pinball. So the next spooky pinball game will be Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel very confident in this. The artist that did Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle has also done artwork for Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And I heard that the artwork on this game is impeccable. It is incredible. I heard it. I know it. It's going to be amazing. But I fully expect the next spooky to be Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger's back. And that is what we're going to get probably at the end of this month, early next month. It is happening very soon. I also know that if everything goes according to plan, listen to me right now, people. There will be Cactus Canyon remakes brought to the Allentown Pinball Show at the end of July. That is the plan. Whether that happens or not is up in the air. But that is the plan by CGC to bring Cactus Canyon Remake to Allentown. And you are going to see that game very, very soon. And what I've heard from the people over at CGC is that this is their nicest game to date. That this game is going to sell out right away because when people see it and they see all the toys in it and what they've done with the code and what they've done with the artwork, 
everybody's going to want a Cactus Canyon remake. And I'll tell you right now, we know that these play fields are going to be bulletproof. We know that Cactus Canyon is packed with toys. We know that this game, if they do the code justice, is going to be a must-have game. Do me a favor. Google Mandalorian Pinball and put it next to Cactus Canyon Pinball. And look at how much more was in a game from the mid-90s. It is embarrassing. And this is the part I just can't get over. I just can't get over how these Bally Williams games had so much in them. And then we see these Stern products and we're supposed to get excited. How do you get excited about these games? I just want to like spend a day in Joe Abati's head where he just cheerleads everything Stern. He thinks Rick and Morty's great. He thinks Rick and Morty is great. There's nothing in Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is a show about going through portals. You don't even really go through a portal. You just, the ball just rolls into the garage and it gets shot out the same place every single time. How is that creative? Look at Rick and Morty. Look at the center of that game. Look at the center of that game and you tell me what any of that has to do with Rick and Morty the show. What does it have to do with the show? The horseshoe with the drop targets and the lock. What does that have to do with Rick and Morty? They've got the spaceship on a spring. I mean, we made fun of the TIE fighter on a spring to no end. And that's exactly what Spooky Pinball did with Rick and Morty. And, and everybody's fine with it. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll make fun of you over here for doing it. But when you do it over there, it's fine because we like Spooky. And I do like Spooky. But I'm just saying, Rick and Morty, eh, I don't know. Didn't have the creativity it should have in a game of that theme. So when Cactus Canyon gets shown to people and people see everything that's in it, I think people are going to realize where the magic is. This company is basically taking some of the greatest games of all time and they're remaking them in a way that's even nicer than they used to be. How do you not support that? I mean, my biggest mistake is I let my Medieval Madness Royal go. I had one. I bought a Medieval Madness Royal for $10,000 and I was hit up by my distributor and he said, are you going to take it? Can you take delivery? I'm like, I can't. You can just sell it to somebody else. So I let it go. I didn't flip it. Then I just saw one sold for eighteen five. 85% over what I paid. I'm still kicking myself. I'm really kicking myself that all of us could have bought Pirates of the Caribbean CE inbox for an entire year for 12.5 and nobody bought it. They were sitting at automated for an entire year for 12.5 and we just didn't buy them. $38,000 they sold for this year. Inbox, Pirates of the Caribbean CE. So that's my new thing. As I realize that pinball prices are stupid, as I realize there's a lack of magic in these games, and as I'm completely honest to you behind the paywall, here's my new realization. I will play pinball on location. I will enjoy pinball on location. I will enjoy pinball at my friends' houses. I have friends who have every single new machine. I have friends in New York City that have every single machine you could want to play. So instead of buying these games, instead of falling into the FOMO cycle of having to own everything, I will simply play other people's games. The fact that people would drop $14,000 on Mandalorian says it all. That this hobby didn't just jump the shark, it jumped over the Fonz who's jumping over the shark. This hobby has become stupid. It is stupid to invest money in these machines at these prices. You all know it. You all know it. The problem is nobody will say that. Nobody will just come out and say it has gotten to the point where this hobby is no longer fun 
because the prices of everything are stupid. And it is absolutely asinine that we are spending this kind of money on this kind of experience. How do you unbox a Pirates of the Caribbean for $38,000 and have a $38,000 experience? Like, how do you even do it? So my new behavior in pinball will be to enjoy pinball. I'm going to play the F out of pinball machines. I'm going to enjoy them left and right. And I am going to love them for how they were intended to be played, which is on location, which is you leave your house, you go somewhere, and you play a pinball machine. That is how pinball was designed to be. And that is how I will enjoy it. And the easiest way to enjoy pinball is to do what pinball was intended to do. It's to go find an arcade and play these machines. Nobody wants to tell you that you should not have these games in your home. Nobody wants you to hear that. Nobody wants to tell you that because everyone is doing all the other shows. They're so deeply connected to manufacturers and distributors. And they want pinball to sell because they think if we sell more pinball, pinball won't die. Pinball's not dying, ladies and gentlemen. Pinball is going to be around for a very long time. It is a hobby that is consumed by wealthy people. And there are a ton of wealthy people who are very bored, who will continue to buy pinball for many, many years to come. And that's why it's exciting to follow this hobby, to see how little these companies can put in these games and how much these rich folks will spend on it. To me, that's pinball lately. How little can we put into the game and how much can they charge, and how fast it all sells out. It is so much more fun to be a spectator of watching that happen than it is to jump in with my money. I give my money to my financial advisor. My money is going to Killian's future. It's going to my family and to experiences that I will never forget. I don't think if I spend $9,000 on a pinball machine or $15,000 or $13,000, I don't think pinball will give me the satisfaction at those prices. And you know it because these games used to be $3,700, $3,500. What was Twilight Zone brand new? Look at Twilight Zone. I bet that game brand new in a box was $2,500. 2500 bucks you could get a Twilight Zone brand new. And you look at these games today and we're supposed to just cheerlead? Uh-uh. No, not on my watch. Not on Canada's watch. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the Canada Club. I'm going to be a little bit more strident, a little bit more candid than I do on my normal show. And I just don't feel like doing the other show. I only feel like doing this show now for people who actually care about Canada. And I'm tired of everybody just insulting me and being a critic of mine the number one pinball podcast in the world four years in a row, banned by Pinside, the toxic Avenger, the guy that's psychopathic, the guy that's bipolar, the guy that can't keep it together, the guy's going to make pinball podcasts, guess for who? For you. He's going to remove himself from the pinball community and make podcasts for those people who contribute. And if you are listening right now, you've contributed to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Thank you. If someone shared you a link and you're listening, shame on you. You should be contributing. So everybody, enjoy Canada Club Episode 3. More to come and only for you. Thank you so much. You